0: Hi, Bob Rill. He's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Grill a fantasy football podcast, and now a videocast, too. You can hear the podcast wherever you get your shows. Also, you can see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Rill YouTube channel or by finding the links to all of this at Kramerandbrill.com. That is the easiest way. Just www.KramerandRill.com. Well, it's week 12, the bye week. Uh, teams are the Cardinals and the Chiefs. So if you have guys on those teams, uh, you'll be sure to find somebody to replace them. The winners this week. Let's start with the running backs because no one touched Jonathan Taylor and his 50 fantasy points, five touchdowns, 32 carries, 185 yards, three catches on three targets. I mean, wow. And then Austin Eckler, four touchdowns against Pittsburgh. Joe Mixon had 123 yards and two scores. DeAndre Swift, 136 and Nick Chubb on a return, he goes for 130.
1: Not quite the Peyton Manning calls, are they anymore? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've been singing the praises, obviously, of Damian Harris uh, part of the season, at least the first half of the season. But lately, it's been Ramon stevenson and the Patriots. Uh, did you see that play? He sized up the, the defender from the uh, Falcons and just literally trucked him. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, I got to give a shout out to my boy Ivan Fears, who, when I was in Chicago, was the receiving coach. Now, for the last 20 plus years, he's been the running back coach for the Patriots. So he's been doing something right. And then uh, Mixon obviously ran all over – well, ran over his own blocker and Jamar Chase to run over even more Raiders on his way to a big first down. And then I think the uh, – yeah, those two guys, to me, running back-wise, stood out uh, as well. Well, about
0: the quarterbacks, the Steelers could not stop Justin Herbert. I mean, 382 yards, three scores – 90 yards rushing. He just, the, the offense just couldn't get stopped. And there's some reasons for that we'll talk about later. But Aaron Rodgers, four touchdown passes. Jalen Hurts had three touchdowns rushing. Cam Newton, three touchdowns, including one rushing. And Kirk Cousins had
1: 341 plus three touchdowns. Boy, Cousins again. Yeah. I, and as far as Herbert goes, he's like the guy everyone's talking about now. But coming into this season, he was already that guy. And yeah. I just, it was great watching him the other night and really brought them back from a game that they were dominating. For some reason, they weren't at the end of the game, but he brought them back and made sure they did. And then um, uh, I think, you know, the combination of Herbert, Eckler, and Keenan Allen, and now Mike Williams, yeah. who just jumped in the mix this past game, is tough, not only for Steelers, but every team moving forward. Um, and I think what stood out to me is that last play where uh, the last touchdown of Mike Williams, it was cover two, and Herbert drops back and looks the court. actually looks in at the inside slot receiver who's breaking out, forces the corner and the safety to hesitate. And actually the corner's running towards that guy as he's throwing the ball outside of Williams. I thought that was just a great play by Her- Herbert. And according to what I, what I heard after the game, I didn't hear this after the game. I heard a couple of days later how their interviewer, Mike Williams, saying, yeah, earlier in the game, he pointed out to me, this is what's happening. So be prepared out there. And there it came true.
0: You know, and the biggest, you know, that, that game, I think finally just hinged on one blown, I guess you would call it blown coverage. You would know more than me on the, uh, the long uh, play down in, in the fourth quarter toward the end of the fourth quarter. Uh, of course there was the run by, by Herbert too, right? But they, the, it looked like uh, when Cam Sutton uh, turned inside instead of going outside, they went after the guy in the middle and left the receiver down the sidelines wide open for a huge gain. So, the losers this week. Oh, let's go to the wide receivers first. The wide receivers, we had 11 guys that had over 100 yards and topped by Justin Jefferson and had eight catches, 169, and two touchdowns. Elijah Moore had, for the Jets had 141 yards. And Zach Ertz led the tight ends. He is back. He is back in a big way.
1: And he's always been Zach Ertz. That's who he's been throughout his career, whether it be Philly or now in Arizona. He had to have somebody to yeah. throw the ball that could get it to him, right? <laughs> well, hey, Cole McCoy has showed up uh in a couple of instances. Actually had a great game last week. But I think for me, the guy that I'm both gonna highlight in a good and negative way is Darnell Mooney with the with the Bears, because he, he actually had a good game. He had, I don't know, five, six catches for over 120 yards, a touchdown. But there was a play where he's running a deep cross, it's a play-action pass, and Justin Fields actually throws him up the field because the offside corner is actually sinking back on the very route, that, on the very direction that Mooney is not seeing the corner, but Justin Fields is. And that's something, to me, that Mooney's got to get better at. His sort of awareness of other people, uh, he dropped a few balls, he was targeted, I think, 13 or 14 times, dropped a few, and just not quite as precise on his route running. And I think looking ahead, you know, they're going to lose Allen Robinson after the season. He's the only current receiver with the Bears under contract. So for him to make that next step in conjunction with what Justin Fields is now doing, those are moves that Darnell Mooney's got to make to get better.
0: Well, the losers this week, I mean, Ryan Tannehill through four interceptions, Dak Prescott and Matt Ryan, Both of them had under three fantasy points. Ouch. David Johnson, 13 carries for 18 yards. And you you look at what happened with Matt Ryan the last two weeks. You know, in fantasy, you lose usually two points for a sack, two points for an interception, and you gain, you know, four to six points depending on your league for a touchdown pass. And, of course, you get for the yards as well. Well, you know, it was like Dak Prescott in the league I was watching had a hundred yards, which means he had eight points. Well, two sacks and two interceptions minus two, that's zero. That's eight points minus that's zero. So it's like, unless you start throwing some touchdown passes and it just wasn't, I just cannot believe what has happened to Matt Ryan. I mean, can, can you figure this out?
1: Well, other than, so they got rid of Julio Jones, uh, Ridley's gone right. because he's dealing with mental health issues um, Kyle Pitts, um, that's the guy I thought would step up. But when you look at it, Kyle Pitts is not a technician. He's just a fast, speedy guy with good range, but he doesn't win on routes he should win on. So when you shut him down, which you knew the Patriots were going to do, then a guy like Russell Gage has got to step up, which he didn't. And they don't really have a running game. And so Matt Ryan, who's never going to be part of any running game, never has, um, it's he's got to have protection and he's got to have guys that can catch and get open. And that's just, unfortunately, the guys around him are not stepping up. I don't think there's anything wrong wrong with Matt Ryan. I just think it's, it's a new offense with Arthur Smith uh, as a head coach and play caller. And you don't really have much around Matt Ryan. He's a guy that's got to thrive. He's going to thrive when there's good players around him and he'll help them all work together. It's just, he doesn't have that supporting cast this year. Does he
0: look like the guy that could be the Matt Stafford of this coming season Get traded to some uh, team that is, is close and needs a good quarterback? That's and a, good,
1: that's a good question, but I, I would not put him in Matthew Stafford's category. Matthew Stafford is got an elite arm. He's got an elite. I mean, Matt Ryan together with Matt Stafford, they both think their way through this game exceptionally well. But I think that Stafford, whether he's had a good supporting cast around him or not, is still going to be great. And I don't I can't say the same thing for Matt Ryan, uh, even though I think age wise are roughly the same, you know, within a year or two of each other. Yeah, I well, think they came up together.
0: So anyway, we liked Justin Herbert last week and we were right there. Nick Chubb, we like Miles Gaskin. We were high on Jalen Hurts and Kirk Cousins, Deontay Johnson, Adam Thielen. Uh, we both liked Terry McLaren and Jalen Waddell all had solid and very good days. So if you took our advice there, you probably did pretty well. Uh, let's take a look at these week's games. But before we get to that, I want to talk about the traditional T-Day games, the Turkey Day games of the Bears and the Lions. So you played in this one at least once, right? What was that like?
1: A few times, yeah, in Detroit. And um, so thinking back, okay, so this year's game is Lions-Bears. I played in one of those, the Lions-Bears, and – back then it was Madden and Summerall calling the game Mm -hmm. and it was sort of the game I don't know that there was a a, a cowboy (laughs) game to go with it but there's not like there wasn't three like there will be this Thanksgiving and the one play I don't remember much of the game when we when we played we we played and beat the Bears but um, and I'm going to guess this was might have been 1991 or something and there was a play where Uh, I dumped the ball off to Barry and who went, you know, 40 or 50 yards with a dump off pass, which was nothing different out of him for that. But at the end of that play, refrigerator Perry sitting on me, you know, and he's not a guy that's going to be chasing the ball ever. So uh, yeah, that's how one play ended. And I also remember at the end of that game, uh, for some reason, I got the turkey. I don't know if that's because (laughs) of the way I played or that we won or whatever, but so it was, uh, and I think in those, that was kind of still young and new in those days, right? When they were giving out the turkey to some player that won the game or was on the winning team anyway. So it was a, it was a good experience. And I remember that it was, like I said, it was like the game of the day or that, that, right. that week, that, that Thanksgiving was a big deal because the whole country was watching. Right.
0: So shall we go straight to the games or you got a comment or two you want to throw out here? No, no, that's good. Let's
1: go to the game. Cool. Right, well, let's go. So, but, well, let me back up. Let me back up and say one thing about yeah. when you were talking about guys that, that were are starting to have, you know, continuing to have good games, good weeks. The right. guy that I would mention in there is Jalen Hurts because yeah. coming into this season, no, no, the Eagles didn't know. Nobody who followed football like you and I, nobody knew if he was going to be that guy. Well, now he clearly is. I would put him into the category now of a Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson. Um, And I think that given the fact that the Steelers, I mean, the Eagles now have three number one draft picks. Mm -hmm. And if I'm the Eagles, I'm not using one of those picks on a quarterback. I got my guy. And so in terms of who's going to get better, not only by the end of the season, but after the season, after the draft, and who knows what they're going to do in free agency? This is a team I think that's going to be on the, ri- on the rise because of Jalen Hurts. Yeah,
0: it's interesting. You know, here's a quarterback who ran for three touchdowns this week. You know, and didn't throw for any. It was like it was so so interesting to watch. this like the change in statistics over the years, how things have changed. In just in the last what maybe five to seven years, yeah, probably,
1: probably, yeah breed of quarterback so to speak but but you know what every a lot of people have the misconception Mm -hmm. that this is the nfl is now a passing league it's Mm -hmm. not you watch from this point in the season onward it's all going to be the teams that are going to be there at the end are going to be the ones that know how to run the football like the colts those that's the kind of team that's making a resurgence not the teams like prior to this part in the season it was the chiefs remember how they Right. you abandoned everything that had to do with the run or short passing game. And now that they've reconnected with that, now they're hot again. And I think that's, you know, you got teams like the chargers, the same way they're going to stay committed to the run. And I think as you mentioned with Jalen hurts, he gives you that added dimension that a guy like Matt Ryan doesn't. Right. That's true.
0: Well, let's start with the Thursday games. You mentioned there are three of them. We'll start with number one, bears and lions and I'll let you start. Here you go. It's your turn.
1: Okay. So, Unfortunately, the Bears are preparing this for this game without Justin Fields, yeah. who had a rib injury. Fortunately, after the MRR x-rays, it wasn't broken and there was no internal damage. So he's going to – it's a short week, so will he play? I don't know. I don't think they know, honestly, at this point. Um, but I think the guy who they're preparing to play is Andy Dalton, who in the two games that he started, three games, wherever it was before Fields came in, he did play pretty well. And it uh, and actually got a couple touchdown passes last week. I think that, um, you know, David, this game for the Bears is going to be offensively David Montgomery, in the running game, the play action game, which is going to involve some crossing routes. So a guy like Cole Komet, we'll start hearing his name mentioned more. And the guy I mentioned earlier, Donnell Mooney, he's got to be the guy that steps up and starts turning those five catch for 120 yards into 10 catches for 180 yards something like that, you know, and a touchdown or two. So I think that's going to be more of the game plan that we'll see out of the Bears' offense anyway.
0: Well, I definitely think uh, Andy Dalton's going to be hot on the waiver wires this weekend, and he should be because if Fields can't play, he's definitely a decent starting quarterback, especially if you have a bye week time. Well, as far as the Lions are concerned, I won't go past DeAndre Swift on this one. He is awesome. He is just He's carrying that team as far as a, a best player, and Hawkinson should be. Hawkinson has just not sold me and Tim Boyle a quarterback not ready for primetime Raiders and Cowboys boys should rebound. Keep an eye on Elliot. If he can go definitely start. Uh, if he can't go rather definitely start Tony Pollard. I might start Pollard anyway, if it wasn't for this holiday game, Zeke seems to really shine on this uh, Thanksgiving day uh, as far as those games are concerned. Uh, but you know, Pollard is right there and Zeke hasn't been all that great lately. He's just not getting whatever is happening. There isn't happening for him. Uh, Dak is good, but I'd look for Cedric Wilson on the waiver wires this week since both Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb are facing some injury issues.
1: The Raiders also need a rebound game because they got simply annihilated at home by the Bengals. And, you know, to me, David Carr or Derek Carr needs to step up Um, over the last four games. He said six touchdown passes, but five interceptions and Josh Jacobs has sort of vanished. Uh he's another guy that needs to step up. He's kind of went from a, you know, a guy to just a guy. And and so I think, you know, those Waller really has been kind of the one at least the guy that's been revived a bit these last couple of games and that's somebody that I think the Ra- the Raiders are going to need to build this this offensive game plan around is run the ball with Jacobs play action game and even drop back to Waller, move him around, get him in going because they don't really have a lot of downfield options.
0: Mills and Saints, the uh, last of the Turkey Day uh, games, Trevor Simeon, if you must. I'm not sold, though. Uh, watch both Troutman and Ingram for injuries if they can't go. I might look at Tony Jones, because Kamara is likely sitting in somewhere. I- I'd like to get Taysom Hill into the game if he can play anything other than quarterback in your league. In some leagues, they allow him to play tight end. If he can play tight end, I'd throw him in there. Um, but if he can't, then, you know, you're kind of stuck with a decision on him. Uh, and it, it just isn't there for the full-time situation as far as him getting in, in, in and playing a full game at quarterback.
1: And, and I'm sure you noticed this. He just signed a new four-year contract with the Saints. So you guy, are solid. That, in...
0: you got a guy who plays multiple positions. And I, I think that means they're not sold on Jameis Winston yet.
1: Well, I don't know about that. I just think they are sold on Taysom Hill and all that he can bring that team because they've been crafting him into game plans and in a significant role other than quarterback for a while now. So, anyway, and moving on to the Bills, I'll say – I can't believe I'm saying this, but just be careful. I mean, here's a team that was just steamrolling the league, and then like most good teams this year, you can kind of say handle with care from here on out. On paper, this should be a blowout. But in reality, is it? And so I wouldn't know who to start here, honestly, with the Bills. Uh, They're just sort of just in the last, I don't know, what, three or four weeks. They've just been up and down, up and down.
0: You can't depend on anybody there at this point. Bucks and Colts, uh, Colts and Jonathan Taylor. Don't expect the same kind of production against the Bucks that he had uh, in the last week. But you should be able to get 25 fantasy points out of him. Uh, I'm not sure uh, any other cold, at least in this game. Normally I'm on Pittman, uh, and, but this game I'm not so sure I am.
1: Well, as we talked about, in order to run the ball consistently well in this league, you've got to first build an offensive line to do that, and the Colts have one. They're one of the best. And so you 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 know you'd also have to have a leap back, which they have that as well. But the Bucs, they're one of the best run-stuffing D-lines out there. They did it last night on Monday night, um, and, with, and that's without Vita Vea who's their best run stopper. And so I think the Bucs on a short week, though, uh, I still think the Colts, even though they're revived, the, the, the Buccaneers, I think, are at that point, like they were last year, where they've kind of revived themselves. And they look like the Bucs of old, like last year. And at this point in the season, you, I, mean, I look for them to continue doing what they just started doing. And that's, you know, running the ball, stopping the run, play action pass, Brady looks great. And I think they'll continue to do that and rely on that that passing game.
0: Jets and Texans. Hey, did the Texans actually win a game? Tyrod Taylor, if you're really hurting on a bye week, is really worth a look. I also maybe like Chris Conley too.
1: And I like the matchup for the Jets. I mean, they're, you know, better options, I think, than most people would think. Um, you know, the Jets fans have been long suffering, but here just this past week, they were going to, they went to end of the game with Joe Flacco, who had to be kind of, revived onto the team he comes out and throws for a quiet 290 and a couple touchdowns no interceptions uh Michael Carter wasn't spectacular but still solid with over 60 I think almost 70 yards no touchdowns but then Elijah Moore goes off as a receiver he had over 100 yards um in his second game in a row with at least a touchdown or with a touchdown so the matchup versus the Texans I like the Jets uh if I don't have better options because remember everyone's got buys uh, not everybody but teams have buys and so if you're looking for a guy to step in maybe a guy like elijah moore is the guy for you
0: he goes giants giants not much going on here perhaps Kadarius tony who had seven catches against tampa bay he's been coming on lately so he, he may be a guy you want to look at even maybe if you're looking at the if you're in a dynasty league and you're looking at somebody for the future he may be a decent pickup for you
1: well as i mentioned the bucks are on the way up the team they they Demoed last night was the Giants, who now seem to be in free fall. I love the matchup here with the Eagles. And as I said, Jalen Hurts is the guy. Their running game's going solid, which Jalen Hurts is a big part of. Dallas Goddard, now that Hurts is gone, has stepped up to be the go-to guy at tight end and in the red zone. And so I just think that, you know, this is a good matchup. The Eagles, it's a division game. But the Eagles are going this way. The Giants are going that way. And for that reason, I'll take the Eagles.
0: Panthers and Dolphins, Uh, Cam, did put up some numbers for fantasy last week and actually completed 21 of 27 for 189 yards and two touchdowns plus one running. So if you feel the need for a quarterback on a bye week, he might be a shot against Miami, but don't count two good games in a row as something solid for the future. Uh, McCaffrey, of course, along with Tommy Treble and wideouts, won't get you much but because most everything is a short game here. But uh, So be wary of both Moore and Anderson this week.
1: Well, for the Dolphins, I, I'll book Tua, who I think has been not better than solid, and he's he did it uh, with a lot of the talk about when they're going to get Deshaun Watson or trade for Deshaun Watson or trade him for Deshaun Watson, and yet here he steps up every week and has been solid. I like Gasecki. I like possibly Miles Gaskin at running back, and the guy that I'd also consider if you've got a You know, maybe as your number two or three receiver would be a guy like Jalen Waddle, former tight end, former teammates with Tua in Alabama. And they've hooked up several times for good games here with the Miami Dolphins.
0: I like Waddle. I think he's a future star. I really do. Titans and Patriots. Well, key game here. Uh, Past players were solid despite a low points output for Mac Jones. But I'm sold on most every Patriot this week. And I usually say that. Uh, even Jones, but don't be surprised if Stevenson doesn't perform up the last week, sixty-nine yards. Uh, I know you liked him this week, and and I do too. But it's you know it's that old Patriot thing. I, I do like Harris this week, good performances, not so great fantasy point numbers. Uh, it just it's one of those, you know, it's that Bill Belichick thing, you know, where we always talk about you can't depend on which running back is going to be uh, I in know. the mix this I week. Know. So
1: yeah, but okay. um,
0: uh, yeah, I, I I pretty much like all the guys that it's just. You know, you just hope and pray.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. And there's usually one or two game, two guys a season, right, for the Patriots offensively who were like locker room attendants the week before and then step up and rush for 100 yards when you've never heard But them. But uh, as for the Titans, you know, everybody's heaping praise on them the week before. Here they just destroyed the last couple of teams, the Rams being one of them, and then they fall flat on their face last week against the Texans. And – you know, So I look for guys like Tannehill, uh, who rarely throws interceptions through four. I don't think that's going to happen again. I think he'll come back with a solid game. Um, keep an eye on A.J. Brown, too, because here's a guy that went out of the game with a chest injury. Uh, there hasn't been anything definitive, so I think he's a possible starter, but I keep an eye on him. Offensively, though, for the Titans, they're not and haven't all year long put up fantasy numbers, unless it was Derrick Henry, who's now longer, he's out for the season.
0: Steelers and Bengals. Well, you know, I got to say, Steelers did show some real comeback scoring ability. The fact that they scored as many points in that game is more than I think any game this year against the Chargers in the game. I think they should have won. So I'm solid on Ben this week, and I'm actually solid on the rest, especially the receivers And Najee. Seems like they've finally maybe found something. They're putting something together. And I'm, I'm really kind of uh, looking forward to the, the Steeler run, if, if they lose, uh, you know, they got two games against Baltimore. If they lose against Baltimore, I think they have to win both of them. Um, but if they lose one, they're still in it. But outside of that, uh, this, this Steelers-Bengals game is a big
1: one for them. You are a visceral fan. You're like, <laughs> you know, you're the Steel, traditional Steelers fan, Bears fans, those guys feel it down deep. And so, however, I have to back up on something you said. Okay, should have won so I know you watched the game, but did you really? So yes. like that game shouldn't have been close. And save for a – I mean, that game was over. And, and, this, and, and I was sitting next to the person, and I go, you know what? The only way the Chargers don't win this game is if they turn the ball over. Because up until then, they hadn't. 30 seconds later, block punt. Two minutes later, pass goes off Cam Hayward's helmet, up in the air, interception. There's two touchdowns that wouldn't have happened. And so, but even with that, you know, they didn't win the game. So I, I, I,
0: I got I, I to come back on you on this though. I'll tell you why. Yeah. because um, <laughs> you're right. I was sitting in, in my chair watching my wife was sitting next to me and the, the first two times the Steelers got down there, they couldn't, they got in the red zone and couldn't score. And, and uh, the Chargers came right back in the first three possessions, they scored. And it was like 17 to nothing at, the, at that point, or 17 to three, I guess. Uh, they, they got a field goal out of one of them. But the other thing was, I was sitting there, and I looked at my wife, and I said, we need a block punt right here, right here. Boom! Block punt. <laughs> they were sitting there at the very next possession. I said, "We need a pick right here. We need a. I, we may not get a pick six, but we need a pick." Boom! Off Cam's helmet. Cam Sutton catches it. And I said, "Okay, what do I want next? Because it's happening." All
1: right. <laughs> well, Christmas is right around the corner. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> but you know, really, I I really didn't feel they were. You know, I I couldn't put my finger on the fact that, you know, I normally in that situation I'm saying we're going to win this game. And I felt that, but I really wasn't secure because the defense just sucked. I mean, it was like you had Hayden out, you had um, Minka out, and you had Watt out. You take those three guys out of the lineup—that's a linebacker and two defensive backs. I mean, how how do how do you even try to win a game like that? And Cam Newton was—I mean, not Cam Newton. Cam Hayward was just incredible. I mean the fact that he ran 36 yards, lumbered 36 yards to tackle Justin Herbert. Uh, and that was just, you know, anyway. Your take on the Bengals now we got all so that. I'll on
1: way. I'll say this. So I get how you're, you know, the the Steelers traditionally have been awesome defensively and they let some things happen. Well, they didn't let them happen. The Charters are actually pretty no, good they, offensively. Yeah, no, they the Bengals are too now. Yeah. And so that's what I would say is the Bengals no. Not many teams have solved the issue that Burrow, Chase, and Mixon all bring. They got an excellent offensive line, their defense is getting better. The Steelers just went across the country now and they had a long flight back home. Now and they had the Sunday night game. Now they got go to go to uh Cincinnati. Um, I I like the Bengals in this one. I don't think the Steelers are gonna rebound, and I think the Bengals, who just got off blowing out the uh Vegas, uh, I think they're going to continue the role that they're on. And this is now where you start to see this second half of the season where the playoff teams and the ones that you think are going to do well in the playoffs start to up their game a little bit. I, th- I put Cincinnati in that category. Well, hopefully, next
0: week when we sit down to do this, I'll be able to say, hey, been through for 450 yards and four touchdowns, and they won.
1: <laughs> I'd love that for you to be able to say, I told you so.
0: <laughs> Falcons and Jaguars. So can Matt Ryan actually put up any fantasy points this week? He's just been awful. We talked about that a little bit. I would sit him for almost a- anyone, even the Jags, against the Jags. I would I would sit Matt Ryan. Goes for the rest of the team as well. I, I see nothing to like here on this Falcons club.
1: You know, on the uh, – was it um, – Direct DirecTV, the, uh, what's it called, Sunday Ticket, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, so I record – I think my TV allows me to record, I don't know, six or seven games or something. This would not be one of the games that I record. Oh, okay. I guarantee you that right now. <laughs> so in terms of fantasy and the Jaguars, I'll just say next. You got it.
0: Uh, let's uh, take on the Chargers and Broncos. Chargers are the key game. You have to like nearly every Charger here. I don't like the tight ends, though as they're equalizing each other, and that means little production from either one of them.
1: Well, and the Broncos are coming off a crushing defeat in Philadelphia, then a bye. Uh, Bridgewater, if you might remember in that Philadelphia game, had a chance to tackle, who was it, uh, Darius Slay that picked up the fumble mm-hmm. and then chose not to even attempt to th- throw himself down in front of him like a speed bump. Did made no attempt to tackle him at all, and then publicly had to apologize for that after the game. I can tell you right now that did not go well with his teammates. I bet. They might not say it. They might. I don't know. But that act, what he didn't do, did not go over very well. No. Um, so I personally, the Broncos are not really trending in what we call the right direction at this point. And I'd have a problem starting really any Broncos player for this game.
0: Rams and Packers. The Packers without Aaron Jones. So start A.J. Dillon if you have him as an RB1. Adams and uh, – Valdez, Scanling, are both getting high targets. And Rodgers is working them, so I'd start both of them if you have them.
1: And for the Rams, Cooper Cup is leading all receivers in the history of the NFL. That that league's been around (laughs) a while. And and so, yeah. And even though the Packers are very good defensively, very good, I'd still start Stafford if I had him. I'd probably start Daryl Henderson at running back. And, um, you know, that's probably it but i think this is going to be a great test for both teams and it's in green bay but this is a game if the rams really are the contenders people thought they were going to be coming into the season this is a game that they have to win
0: vikings at 49ers i like anything in a purple uniform this week it's cousins cook and thielen along with jefferson those guys really have it going on right now i even like conklin here
1: and for the 49ers i love debo samuel simply because of the name itself (laughs) <laughs> or his, the name his dad, apparently, the nickname his dad gave him. Uh, but he's not only their best receiver, he's their best running back, too. Yeah. And, and I'd start to – then
0: defend, you know, Oh, Yeah, <laughs> yep.
1: He's just – he's he's the guy to me. He, along with George Kittle, set the tone for that offense. And and I think so if I have Kittle, I'm starting him. The, the other guy, the other 49er who just in the last couple of weeks is starting to come on is Brandon Ayuk, the other receiver who big, fast, but now he's starting to gain the confidence of Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think I'd, I would if I had him, I think I'd start him, especially if I had one, another good receiver who would be on a bye this week.
0: Browns at Ravens, key divisional game. I think the Ravens are ready for a fall. I like think the Browns might just be the team to do it. Chubb is back. It also looks like Kareem Hunt is back. Even with a questionable Mayfield. Uh, this is a duo uh, I, I don't think the Ravens could stop. Landry's questionable, so be on the lookout there. But Austin Hooper is solid here as well. All
1: right. And now you, you do know that the Browns nearly lost to the Lions, right? Yes. <laughs> who, yes. who basically have uh, De- DeAndre Swift and the guy who hands the ball to DeAndre Swift. Right. Well, you yeah, know, but and they,
0: they didn't have Kareem Hunt last week. And, and, and Chubb had a, had a good, good run and, you know, Landry had a good run. So I,
1: so I, I got, got you, really I got good. you, I got you, but they're, they're like a, uh, they're like a two-legged runner with one leg. And, and so, you know, I, for the Ravens, when I see Tyler Huntley, knowing that they played against each other, what, in high school, yeah. um, it's kind of like watching a micro version of Lamar Jackson, even though he's only had one start, he did look pretty good to be. He ran the wow. ball well when he had a chance to, he threw the ball well. Mark Andrews is Mark Andrews, no matter who's throwing him the ball, that, that third down catch he made one handed. Um, and so he's, he's kind awesome. of their go to guy. And I'd also if depending I don't know Marquise Brown's injury status, but I would keep an eye on that. I don't know if he's going to be out this week or not. But if he's not, that's a guy I'd also consider playing.
0: Monday, Seahawks, Washington, I don't like Seattle here. I am normally solid on Metcalf, but with Wilson running the team again, I think I talked to you last week about that. Uh, I'd I'd lay off him. I'd put heavy stock in a And if I'm looking at a runner, it's not Alex Collins this week. I do like D.J. Dallas, though. I think D.J. Dallas will step up this week and and replace and, and at least have one of those weeks that, you know, it's like, oh, this guy did something great for
1: one week in the NFL. Well, as Heineke kind of ended last season with a bang, started out solid this year, then kind of hit the skids, he's back. And I think he's a guy that could be a serviceable start. If you don't start him, I still like him as a player, which means I like McLaurin as a receiver when he's throwing the ball to him. And also the guy that's kind of bounced back himself at this point in the season has been Antonio Gibson. Solid game last week. Should be a solid start again this week against, you know, uh, kind of a floundering defense for Seattle. And there you have it
0: Kramer and Brill, fantasy football podcast. And now, video cast too. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Lipsum, Odyssey, wherever you get your shows. And now you can also see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at kramerandbrill.com. That's the easiest way. For my friend and colleague, Eric Kramer, I'm Bob Brill. We'll see you next time.